Hey, we are continuing our summer series with the EOS theme um, of the entrepreneurial operating system, a system that we've run our business on for over a decade now. I think we're on 11th year. I'm sitting here with my integrator, Scott Seafeld, and also Clark Boyd, integrator for... Molin and Associates. <laughs> there we go. Tell us about your role and what you do and how you got involved with the Associates organization. So I am with Mullen and Associates. I've been with them going on six years. I'm their integrator. I've actually never been in EOS before until I was hired with the company. They, it's kind of actually a unique hiring role or hiring situation. Yeah. Our previous EOS integrator is the one who got us involved with EOS. Okay. So she is now implementing Lisa Skipper. Shout out to her. No She's way. awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so she helped our visionary find me. I just found the job on Indeed and they're like, hey, you have to read this book before you can get an interview. And they give a, they had me buy What the Heck is EOS, and That's I wild. read it, called back that next weekend, and got the interview, got the job. So started learning more and more about EOS, and here I am. In the interview, did you like do some sort of you know, show that you knew the book? And they actually had they a pre-interview before the interview to make sure I read the book. Come so, on. Yep. Wow, we should start adding that into our deal. We you give it to all of our new hires, but we don't make them do it in the interview process. Yep. One thing that we learned, you can't make them buy the book. That's an HR no-no. So that's what we used to do is you oh. buy your book and then call us. Can't do that. So I recommend against it. Where were you before? Um, I was with a company that we did data analytics for real estate companies. So it's kind of an IT startup. So I was there for about two years, helped build it from the ground up. I was functioning as the operations manager, so very in line with integrator, but a little yeah. bit of a different seat. Interesting. And why were you making the transition? Um, mainly culture. Okay. So the company, it was, things were going well, we were building. I liked the people we were working with, but the culture just wasn't, it wasn't me. Yeah. So I was looking for something, a little bit of, a little bit of a role change, but I read what the heck is EOS. I'm like, I love this. This is exactly what we're trying to do with this current company. Yeah. But I like the company, the feel. I liked who I was interviewing with. Yeah. And it just seemed like it, it fit. Um, how did you know um, that, because you were coming from a culture that you didn't appreciate or you didn't like, looking for the new thing, how did you assess whether it was actually going to align with you? Honestly, I think the hiring process really helped because one, they had me read the book. I ended up reading What the Heck is EOS, Rocket Fuel, and a couple of the other EOS books just to get a feel of what EOS is. Then I had a, a 20 minute phone call with the visionary. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I, this is pretty easy. I can communicate with you. I understand what you're asking for. So that always helps when you can communicate with a visionary. Um, I didn't know what a visionary was at that point, yeah. but then I had the, the interview and it was the full leadership team in the room. Oh, wow. That was kind of intimidating. That's, I'm like, yeah. we got four people interviewing me. I'm like, I was expecting to meet with one person, but it went well. So I got to meet the different personalities. I got to research the company. Mm -hmm. They gave me a building tour. So it was just, it was enough of a staged process. I'm like, actually, I yeah. feel like I know who you are as a company. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you never know until you actually get in the role, but yeah. I felt like I knew I was getting into that's cool. So uh, what's the size of the organization, like, people -wise? We are about 25 employees, and we've grown about – we've almost doubled in the last three or four years. That's cool. So it's that's been a great. lot of growth. We started growing a lot with COVID. Back in 2020, a lot of people needed a good accountant. So we've tried to fill that trusted advisor, uh, trusted advisor seat for them. Yeah. And that's – we've been 
struggling to find people through the pandemic and with all the turnover in the accounting industry. It's been a lot of fun. That's where you guys have come and helped out. Yeah. But so, so is your is your background in tax and accounting or no, not at all. So I actually come from a more of a healthcare background. My undergraduates in exercise science. My and I got a master's in healthcare management. I was going to go to physical therapy school, decided that was not the route for me, and I started uh, started that company, the data analytics for the real estate. Yeah. And I learned that I just love running businesses. So I've started a marketing company, ran that. I've done the real estate company. It's just little projects here and there, very entrepreneurial, which yeah. is kind of uncommon for an integrator. But I've just got, that's what I like to do. Now Scott, Scott's, he's got he's a commonality with you for sure. Yeah. He's, a, he's a visionary, entrepreneurial integrator. Yeah. So. Yeah, and a CPA, a CPA by background. So I was wondering how... How does that, um, not having that business background in accounting and tax, has that been an impact for you or share, share your thoughts there? Um, I'd say it did the first year, but luckily we had a very strong accounting and tax department when I came in. So they could kind of take care of the technical side and I was really more operations. Mm. So we coming into the business, we had absolutely no sales and marketing. Our marketing budget was about $1,500 a year. And the definition of marketing was business cards and branded pens. That was it. Is it, that's not good? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not good. We've since grown quite a bit. Um, and so we started with the marketing, we grew that, we hired a salesperson, we hired an operations person and got me out of sitting in five roles to just the integrator seat. But so I've taken on more and more of the professional services learning some of the accounting and the tax side. So I can talk a lot of tax, mm -hmm. but I still don't do tax or bookkeeping. So the owner who is uh, Board Mullen, he's been doing it for 40, 45 years. So he's very strong in the technical yeah. side. So I just lean on him more. So really it was more of a, what's, what fits your um, work behaviors, kind of the process, core values. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's not really... Uh, necessary to have the technical side of things, it sounds like. Correct. Yeah. I Just in the integrator role, I don't need any of the technical knowledge. I lean on my advisory services manager who owns that seat. They're in charge of the quality, the production of our professional services. I really am the core values, the processes, the systems, the yeah. business plan execution. Mm -hmm. That's my role. It's interesting. I, um, I think it was last year at the EOS conference, uh, meaning 2020. To um, uh, Mark O'Donnell, somebody asked him a question. They said, "Do you believe that an integrator needs industry experience for the company that they're integrating for?" And he said, "I don't, mm -hmm. because I think a, a great integrator can just function in any company." And he goes, "I understand that you, you know you might disagree with that, but he goes, I, I really believe a good integrator can come in and and integrate." Um, which I thought was really interesting because. For us, we, we probably have 50 integrator searches going on at any given time at our company for companies running on EOS. And inevitably, every every visionary that we hire for, they're like, oh, yeah, they definitely need industry experience um, because, you know, they're so you know embedded in that world. And they think it will be too much of a ramp up to have them learn the lingo, and learn the industry. Um, but that's really not the role of the integrator, actually. It's not necessarily learning the industry. It's actually getting all the trains to work on time and smoothly and... I think in some situations it can actually be more beneficial not having the industry experience because mm. that's actually what I brought to the company. Right. Is we don't function on a, like traditional accounting firms have managing partners. We don't use that same 
methodology. We have a CEO, a COO, more of a traditional business roles. Yeah. So I came in having no knowledge of tax accounting, normal CPA firms. And so I, I brought a, a different perspective and that has tweaked how we've grown since then. Yeah. So it, it did slow me down a little bit because I had to learn some of the lingo of, okay, what do you mean by EBITDA? What is a yeah. balance sheet? What Not really, but yeah. things like that you have to pick up. But you're talking six months of just normal on-the-job training. But as far as actually doing taxes and accounting, I still don't. This is there. wild. It just brings you flashbacks to joining Scott. In. So uh, I don't know if you know our story, but Scott started his, the previous company. It's called Titus Group. And one of the things was tax and accounting. Um, well, you could tell the story a bit better because it's your company and you started it. But <laughs> I remember joining it. Scott hired me to launch a recruiting division in his company because his clients were asking for help on the recruiting side. And I'm thinking, I don't know anything about tax, accounting, or, um, anything into that, that world. And I'm sitting there just like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I just write down acronyms all day and then go back to my computer and like Google it, Wikipedia, yep. what the heck does that mean? Um, but I just, oh, yeah, totally, I understand what you mean. Yeah, no problem. Just keep writing down keywords and then going and researching it because I don't want to look stupid. But uh, now I just, I, I don't mind looking stupid anymore, so I'm fine. So as you come in as integrator, what what are some of the <clears throat> challenges you face? And maybe you could share a little bit about how EOS helps in that process. I think so. The main challenge is an integrator right now. So in the accounting industry, we've had a lot of turnover the last two years. Really, you had 2020. We had a really ridiculous amount of work to get done between PPP, followed by ERC, followed by businesses going under. So we're trying to advise and consult them. So it's a normal tax season is 10, 11 weeks very long hours. You're talking 80 hours a week. Pretty hard to maintain. They extended it to July. So you're now doing that for six months rather than 10 weeks. The same oh. thing happened again in 2021. Mm -hmm. And then in 20, it, year over year, it's just been really long, more and more hours. So you get the old accountants that were 65 to 75. That was kind of the traditional average age of a CPA. They're now retired. So it falls on the next generation. That next generation doesn't want to put in the hours. So they're all leaving the industry. And now we're left with 35 to 45-year-olds who have little experience in the industry trying to do the job of three times as many accountants two years before. So we've had a lot, of, a lot of struggles in the staffing world, which means that when you have that much turnover in a department, coming back to the basics as far as core values, processes, just the business basics, we're really having to focus on that. So we're trying not to expand our service offerings, really not trying to expand anything other than servicing the clients we have and get our advisory team really, really strong so yeah. we can service them better. So you've gone through some nice growth. How have you um, kind of changed some of your people strategies to get people in the, in the, uh, in the door and, and serve clients? So what, not really a people strategy, but more of a process strategy. We've tried to, we've changed our CRM, we've changed our software to reduce the amount of time it takes mm. by streamlining our processes, make things more automated, and then for the people side of things, we're really focusing on what are the bare basics we need from this position. So it's not, hey, here's, as a small mom and pop where we started, it's, hey, you're in charge of doing everything. Here's, yeah. if it comes to you, you do it. Yeah. But now we're really honing in, this position needs to do X, Y, and Z, here are your measurables, coming back to the basics for EOS. Yes. We have the job description, we have the scorecard, we have the metrics that you are held accountable for. We have the quarterly conversations. So really coming back to the basics of EOS helps us in our hiring because we know that going into it. We can set it from day one. Here's what you are responsible for as, a, mm. as an employee in this role. 
I'm, I would assume accountants and tax people love those measurables because yes. they, yeah. yeah, that would be something they would appreciate. Yep, that totally. is very true. Yeah. So when you look, uh, committee, you're at the conference, like we're recording this at the EOS 2023 conference in Indianapolis. Um, why did you come here? What are you trying to get out of this and what are you hoping to get? I am really looking for more clarity of kind of where the business is going in the next few years. Um, mm. Because we've had so much change the last three years, our business model is really changing. Mm -hmm. Historically, we did a lot of individual tax returns. Starting in 2020, we shifted to our more business tax planning, tax preparation, accounting services. And that's gone. The growth has really gone well. Mm. But servicing those clients, we want to get better and better at. And as we go more and more remote, how do we grow and how do we sustain that? How do we create a culture where the work-life balance can exist in an accounting environment that generally doesn't exist. Yeah. So creating a sustainable culture where we can continue to grow and service the clients. Yeah. Because we've, we've had clients for 40 or 40 years or longer. Our Whoa. very first client is still our client today. Mm -hmm. So we're on to the third generation of some of these businesses and individuals. Wow. So it, we really do value the relationship and we want to continue that. But if we're not providing a quality service, it, it's not worth it for us to be in business. So we yeah. want to, that's our core. Wow. That's amazing. 40 years. Um, so as you fast forward um, for your role, like where, where, where do you see yourself in the three-year picture? What happens when that comes to an end? And well, obviously the three-year picture never comes to an end. Mm -hmm. It just resets for you. But um, for, your, for your next three, three, five years, what does your role look like as integrator? So I, in the next three years, I'd like to really hone in and just be the integrator. Okay. So in the last two years, we've hired an operations manager. That was kind of the first step of getting one seat one hat off of my yeah. list. Then we hired a sales and marketing person, then an advisory services manager. So it's been a lot of training and developing to get them to the point where they can function in that role. Yeah. So really getting them to where they can own the role and expand on it to where it takes more off of the integrator. Yeah. Cause there's for integrators, I feel like there's really two different types. You've got the doer leaders where it's, you're very involved in the day-to-day -day operations and the other one's more of a leader leader if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, trying to get more into that strategic integrator rather than doing all of the day-to-day. -day. So what hats do you need to start wearing in the next 12 to 24 months? So we've officially hired all of them, okay. but it's really training them so that I'm not owning them and having them do it. I want them to be able to own it and continue to grow it. And your visionary mm -hmm. um, has been in the business for Quite some time. Yes. So Crystal Mullen is one of the founders. It was Ward and Crystal Mullen. They started the business out of their home 40, now 44 years ago. So the, she is the CEO. He is the tax guru. So he is not on the leadership team because he, he self-selected out. He was on the leadership team of it initially, yeah. but he's like, this is not for me. I want to put my nose down and I want to work. Yeah. So Crystal took accountability for growing the business and she's the CEO and visionary. Um, we've been phasing them out because they're getting older. So she's very involved on the leadership team level, but almost not at all on the day-to-day -day, unless we need her. Okay. So is the idea you'd replace her as visionary at some point? To be determined. We, okay. We really don't have a plan for the visionary. She's at the point where she is available enough for whatever we need. So she is active in that visionary role. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. It's exciting. I, I, want, I want to keep probing, but I feel like it would go into a different realm and we're not allowed to do that. So we'll go there. No, and, and honestly, we don't even know where it's yeah, going. It's, yes. it's one of those things that as a visionary, <laughs> where, where are you going 10 years from now? Who, who knows? So I'm allowed to talk about that? No. 
That's cool. That's great. Um, and so what session are you most looking forward to at the, at the conference that's about to happen? Honestly, I haven't even looked at the schedule. What? What kind of integrator are you? No, we I'm just joking. had tax season. The tax <laughs> deadline was on the 18th. Yeah. And we had a cleanup day on the 19th. And I had a couple follow-up client meetings. So we flew in last night at 6 p.m., got in at 1 a.m., Oh and my here gosh. I am. Oh my so gosh. So I've not had one second to look. I have a question as a tax mm -hmm. question. Is it really irritating when you have to uh, file extensions? We love extensions. Oh, you do? We love extensions. Oh, the IRS loves extensions because <laughs> we do thousands and thousands of tax returns in 10 weeks. I'd rather push them out all year. Okay. Especially if you have all a right. difficult situation. Our I'd tax rather do it. must like me then. Probably smooths out capacity. Yes. For your people. That's why that's why I delay. I delayed getting mine in just to really help out our tax accountant. Just I'm I'm just really kind that way. You're doing him a favor. Yeah, doing him a favor. So so, so having so many uh, peak times, how does that when you have your quarterly offsites and things like that, does that become an issue? Uh, people on the leadership team are they also in the business? And does that um, is there kind of a struggle at times with? getting rocks done and, and to-dos and things? So we we actually stagger our quarterly EOS sessions not every 90 days. So because we have tax season that's 10 weeks, we actually have like a 120-day quarter at the beginning of the year, so it's just tax season. Wow. And we, we just plan that we know every tax season is going to be very brutal. We can only take very minimal rocks to kind of get through the basics. So we that's do cool. our... We'll do our quarterly, usually end of December, early January, to report on the previous year. And we do it as a quarterly, not an annual. Then we'll do one right after tax season. So we have one actually next week. And then we do it every 90 days after that. So it, we have a really long one, then really short, then two normal ones. And when's your annual? In October. So it's right after the October deadline. Yeah. And we're really planning for the next year. So we can kind of prep for tax season, yeah. prep for the annual. So we've learned our pulse. We've been on EOS for eight, nine years, I think, at this point. Wow. So at first we did our annual in January and we're like, this is too close to tax season because we have so many doer leaders that are in the day to day. Yeah. It's hard to take two days out in January when we have clients already coming in. We have logistics that we need to get through and we made it happen. Yeah. But it's a whole lot easier in October when everything's essentially shut down. Yeah. Smart. Very That's good. really smart. Yeah. It's really so we, smart. We love the EOS system and process, but we've tweaked it a little bit. To fit the needs well, of the you business. Well, you've got to do what makes sense for your business. So that's great. That's yeah. great. Any any parting wise words for other integrators out there? I would say trust your gut. All right. It's, it can be very hard to do, especially in really hard times. And it, yeah. it's because it, I've got a really good visionary. She is amazing. And it she'll push back on me. I'll push on her. And we, we're very aligned 99.9% .9 of the time. Yeah. And usually when we're not, it means there's something that we're not seeing eye to eye and we need to we need to dig in and figure that out. Yeah. Because the business really does depend on it. And yeah. at that point you just gotta trust your gut and dig in, have the hard conversation and make yeah. it happen. Yeah. Cool. It's good having you here, Clark. Thanks a lot, Scott. Um, it's uh, good to uh, enjoy the conference together and we'll be hanging out in the next couple of days. Thanks, Thanks a lot for, for coming me. in. All right, cheers.